Welcome back to God's Work Within Me. I'm your host, Brittany Bawachi. I hope last Palm Wednesday blessed you. I know Devontae said what he needed to say, and I know it touched somebody. So today, we're coming with a real episode, a hard episode. It's part of my testimony, and it's called, With Betrayal Comes Pride. And today I got Morgan and DeAndrea in the building. And they're going to help me talk about this message. So I know it's going to bless y'all. It's going to be real good today. So we're going to start with what is pride and what is humility. So I'm going to need one of y'all to tell me what what is pride. Okay, pride. So pride defined means this. Pride. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated, or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. And humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance or humbleness. So we see the difference between what is pride and what is humility. And God does call us to be humble in all our ways. And so with anger comes pride. And so it's like, how do we even, how do we even handle that? Because we are human and we're like, man, look, listen, if they do so-and-so, I'm going to do so-and-so. And, you know, it's just going to have to be that because I said what I said. But then it's like, you said what you said, but what did God say? Right. Because how can you say you're really following him if you said what you said? And so with that today, we, we're going to just talk about how to really walk this thing out because it was hard for me to walk this thing out. It was real hard for me to walk this thing out because I was real stuck in my ways. Like, if they come at me, I'm going to come at them, and that's just going to be what it is. But God really called for me to, Brittany, what are you doing? What are you really doing? How can you say you're my servant and people view you as my servant, but you're doing this? What is that? How is that representing me? So first thing first, you have to start with letting your old self go. So many times I'm like, man, if it was 2017, I would have tore the whole place up. I would have spazzed out on everybody. I would have tore the city up. Yeah. But I'm not that no more. Right. I'm not that type of person anymore. I'm not Brit Brat. Yeah. I'm not Brit. I'm Brittany. Like, a whole name change, a whole new person. And so it's like, okay, Lord, I can't respond that way. But that's the only way I know how to respond is either that or shut down. So what do I do? I like what you was talking about because I feel like also as humans, we do let our emotions and our, you know, our attitude and even our perspective and the way we feel kind of get in the way of what it is that God is calling us to do. But it's like when you come to the Lord, he calls you to become new. Mm -hmm. Like, and you mentioned like, you're not who you used to be. Like that's a part of becoming new is taking our old selves off, you know, and um, walking in the humility of the Lord, you know, and I just think that, you know, by ourselves, that is hard to do. But it's like, in those moments where you feel yourself getting upset or you feel yourself feeling betrayed, like it's really important to hone in and really like call on the Lord in those moments. Like, and I feel like that's also important too, Brittany, why we're supposed to 
walk with God on a daily basis, read on a daily basis so that it will be fresh and at the forefront of our mind so that in those moments it's quick to say, Lord, help me versus you then lashed out, spazzed out. And then you're like, oh, dang, I ain't even prayed. You know, and now having to deal with that, you know, the aftermath of kind of giving into your flesh, you know? Yes. And to piggyback off of that, Diddy said something so, so beautiful. Um, it comes with your connection with the Lord. How submitted are you? Um, and that's the beautiful thing about submission. When you're completely submitted to the Lord, you give him permission. You invite him in. You allow him through the Holy Spirit to change those things within you, to help you when your reaction, you know, where your reaction a week ago uh, or a year ago might have been, okay, I'm going to curse this person out. Now you're stepping back and you're viewing it differently. Let me think about it. Let me pray on it. But that comes with your daily walk with the Lord. But he has to be able to work in you for you to do that um yeah it's so beautiful to be submitted to the lord and to see him work and make you a new creature i think about peter what was his name was it simon peter before it was it was peter or was that somebody different you, you, no you, we don't right okay <laughs> peter we think about peter when the lord told him you are now you are no longer this person now i call you peter you become a new person in christ he makes all things new but that's in christ you have to be in christ in order to get to that level it's all about your foundation it's all about your foundation. And it's like we have to understand that it hurts when he breaks down our old foundation to create a new foundation. And it's, it's painful. I'm not going to lie to you. It's painful. Like, man, I had so many nights where I was just crying. Because it's like, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. But, Lord, what can I do? Because it's just you got me at a standstill. But, you know... When you breaking down the foundation, right, you gotta tear down the house. It's a certain way you gotta do it, so you can't just like, you know, like when in construction, when they're demolishing a building to rebuild, mm-hmm. they can't just blow the building up because yeah. there are other structures next. Yeah, come on here. Yeah. There's other yeah. things that you also have to keep protected, right? So there's a certain way to do things. So sometimes when we find ourselves questioning, like, okay, Lord, you telling me to pray for my enemies, but why? Yeah. You know, you telling me you got a certain way that this work, but I don't feel like doing it. But it's like it's important to be submitted. Like like she said, like mm-hmm. humble yourself and be submitted to God because when God calls us to do things, it's because he sees the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, like like say for going back to the, the example of the construction, say it's your building, right? You you hired uh contractors or I don't know the the, the word, but architects and, Yeah, you, you hired contractors. Okay, yeah. yeah, you hired contractors to come and, you know, build and reconstruct your building, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they telling you everything they got to do. They got to, you know, remove the walls. They got to get rid of the bricks and all this. You like, well, why? What's, what's, what's all of that for? But it's like, that's, they're skilled in their area. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like God, God, see, he's, he's basically like the contractor in this example. Like we come into him like, Lord, make, make, make me a new house. Make me new. I yeah. want to be new. I want to, you know, yeah. become more like you. And God is like, okay, well, in order to become new, this is, this is how we got to get there. This yeah. is what we have to do. Yeah. So it's like, are we going to, operating in pride would be the owner of the business trying to tell the contractor the best way to tear the building down. Yes. But it's like, we can't work like that. You yes. know, it's, it's like, we got to let God be God in the situation mm-hmm. and trust that he knows the best way to get us new or how the best way that we can become new. Yeah. Like you said, we want a new house, but our foundation is rocky. So if we, if we put this clean house on this foundation, the house is going to be messed up still. It's going to fall. He got to go deep. He got to tear down the house completely, demolish it. Then he got to go to the foundation. And you know how hard it is to get to the foundation or something? And tear up that foundation. You gotta dig deep in it and uproot it. And so 
getting that you, you know how did i feel inside that process yeah can i can go, I just, go ahead go ahead please, can i talk about this process <laughs> so this process this I, I almost want to call it a grieving and i say that because i'm going through that right now and so i'm kind of bursting with excitement about it because it's finally clicking like when you're in this space when you're in this space right before you know things are about to change you're in this it's, it's dark it's uncomfortable and it, and it just feels like I don't, I don't know what's going on i can't tell my left from my right right now and you really have to trust in god and the beautiful thing about that is he places you in that position so when when you're in that position and you're in the you're in the valley and you don't understand it knowing that god has purposefully ordained this time and set me here in this moment because something bigger is coming something greater is coming and even though i'm in the dark right now since i trust the lord and i know that all things work together for me because i trust and i believe him and i love him yeah. um that that just that time just knowing i, I heard the scripture let's say joy comes in the morning yeah. And and when you think you think the morning, you think of the next day. But think about it in this perspective: the morning. In this time, you're grieving your old yeah, self. You know, good. you're grieving your old self. You're grieving your old habits because they've been a part of you for some time. And it feels like, well, if if I'm getting rid of this person, well, who am I? And that that question of who am I or who will I become? That's a scary question. It's a scary place because you literally have nothing to gauge what that is except God, except the word of God and what he's already said. So if you're not in your word, if your foundation, like you said, Brittany, if it's not strong, he's going to uproot that. And you just have to be ready, but you can take joy. You can take rest in the fact that if God is with you, if God is with you, ooh, just... If God is with you, you cannot fail. He's already overcome this world. You already have the victory. Man, he's so good. I think when you keep that in mind, like when we think about it that way, it also helps us kind of be humble when it comes to dealing with big situations like betrayal and you know, even the new transitions and even uh, even pride, y'all. like. Yo, that pride is a whole beast in itself. It's 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 crazy, yo. And even just like that process, cause I used to deal with pride. I I, I ain't even gonna lie, like I still have to let God work on me daily. Yes. Because and I, I do feel a change in myself, but even then, like pride, pride don't wanna let go once it has a hold of you. That's another reason why y'all you don't get caught up in it. Like that's why God tells us to stay away from pride, not to walk in pride, not to live in pride, because once pride gets a grip, it's like that's extra warfare that you're dealing with. Like you battling between how you feel and what God said, and you know you trying to you trying to do what you want to do, and God's pulling you over here. Like it's a whole different beast to deal with. So, uh, yeah, but that the keeping it in mind, like God knows what's best for me, and if I really want uh, to please Him, if I really want Him to be God in my life, then I have to listen. I have to submit to Him. You know. Yes. Yeah. And that leads us to the next topic. Don't lose yourself by trying to help somebody find themselves. Because you gain a new per well, not even gain, you become a new person after the breaking, the shaking, the molding. Sometimes the molding cracks. So you gotta do some more molding and then you break the mold, gotta be remolded again. It's it's a process, it's a long, tedious process because we're human, we make things complicated. But when we gain that person who we're supposed to become or even in the process of becoming, we tend to lose that person when we try to cultivate somebody else. Living testimony. Don't lose yourself trying to help somebody else. 
that's can be the worst thing for you because I almost lost everything that God had for me by trying to see the God in somebody else I saw the God in them but missed the current them because they have to go through the molding and the shaking and the breaking and all of that and how how can I think my righteous mind think that oh I can go through this but you need to you need to be perfect right now like you need to you need to be who you called to be right now but I'm not even call, I'm not even walking in what I'm called to be right now and so I'm slowly losing myself trying to build you up and I'm not even allowing God to build me up and I'm not even supposed to be building you up yeah cuz if he's your firm foundation then that's who's building your house too yeah and so that's all I wanted to say is don't lose yourself trying to help somebody else find themselves and it's such a that time where you're getting molded yourself is such a fragile time like yes. you said you you'll be in the mold and then the mold will break and now you got to go back and mold some more if you're not at that finished product yet or close to that permanent stage you cannot help anybody else and yes. god wouldn't want you to he's a god that moves in order why would he why would he have you this half lump sum of clay trying to help somebody and they and they another half lump sum of clay the no blind leading the blind <laughs> no for real the blind leading the blind. It's such a fragile state, but that goes back to your humility. Mm. Who are you dependent upon? You think because God is moving in your life and shaking in your life at this moment that, that you can now take your hand and help somebody else. No, baby, that's just a remnant of the glory that you're feeling from God working that's in good. you. That's, that's good. That's yeah. good. And even relying on God to work on that person. Because it's like, if he can work on us, if he can change us, we have to trust him with them mm -hmm. and not try to be him for them. Yes. And it's like a lot of times I know we, we do want to help people, especially, but that's, you know, it's, it's a good thing, especially as God's kids. Like we're supposed to, well, his children, you know, you know. But anyway, uh, it's like, especially as God's children, like it, it, is, it is good that you desire to see other people live for him. It's good that you desire to see other people give God their best and to be who he has called them to be. But at the same time, that person has to be willing to, too. So what do you look like trying to force somebody uh, to live for a God that they have not chose to live for? Mm. You know? And it's like we have to first take all of our... The Bible says take all of your worries, all of your concerns to the Lord. You have yeah. to give them over to the Lord. So it's good. It, it, it's good to cover that person in prayer. You don't have to step in and... Oh, well, you're not doing this right. Oh, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. Because there's things that we're supposed to be doing that yes. we probably don't, you yes. know. But it's a, a part of all of this. You also have to show grace. That that's, comes with humility. That comes with humility, too. So, yeah, yeah. Oh and who's to say that God even gave you that authority to be in that moment Hello. talking <laughs> to somebody and trying to help them in their mess and you still in yours? He yeah. said, no, take the log out of your eye yeah. before you try to tell me about the speck, speck. in mine. Yes. Let Come he on. who is without sin cast the first stone. That's Listen. what he said. That's the word. We have to be, abide by those principles. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to put myself on the line. Look, I'm going to put myself on the line and share my own testimony about that. Listen, I had a major problem with that, trying to help my fellow brethren get the speck out their eye because it's like, oh, you know what? Let me help you. Let me help you. Like, I'm just a helpful person. I love helping the people. But was I working on my own salvation? I was too busy trying to help you get this because you, you struggling with this speck. This speck is bothering you, and it, it, it's causing you to go left and right and, and be blind and go back and go too go too far and all of that so i'm trying to help you clear up your vision while my vision is still blurred think about it like this like how if you got a log in your eye mm. 
mm-hmm. and they got a speck in there, how can you even see to get the speck out? Exactly. How you know what you might be picking at other stuff? You exactly. know, it's like. And then, like, too, when you think about it, it, re- it almost reminds me of Paul right? Paul, he was very zealous for the Lord. He was filled with zeal. Um, he was very excited. He wanted to help. You know, um, he, he thought he was doing something right for the Lord yeah. by persecuting his people. But yeah. in that, in his own pride, he missed the truth. He missed the truth, which was that Jesus Christ was the way or is yeah. the way. Um, that being said, he had the right idea, but the wrong method of execution. Um, and I think as believers, sometimes we can do that. We can get so hyped up, feeling like, oh, God is working in me. He, This is, this is your time and you need help no God is a God of order yes. and when you're with him he'll take you step by step to address those things um, but you cannot walk in authority that he hasn't given you yet yes. you can't start yourself on an assignment that he hasn't given you yet yes. that's when you come into an encounter with God and he changes your mind and he checks you like oh no you actually supposed to be sitting down on this one I didn't tell you to go I didn't tell you to go over there and tell them that mm-hmm. because <laughs> and maybe because they can't take it from you they yeah. can't receive it from you. Yeah. They see that you're still a work in progress. How how would they receive that? And yeah. then you then you have the audacity to go and tell them, oh, God sent me or God said this or I thank this by God. And now you have them rejecting the message that God was one day going to deliver to them because you in your mind and your righteousness and your timing, you thought this was the time to address that. And now it's not even working the way it's supposed to because you're moving out of line. You're moving out of God's will. Listen. And because you're thinking you see the end result and you see this could be worked on this could be fixed yeah it could be but it's not the time for it yes. David was anointed to be king when he was 12 when he, was, he didn't step into ministry till he was 30 yes. there's a season and there's a time for everything yes. and only God has that only God has that oh listen I've been through that to where I moved before time oh and the repercussions of that Mm. Mm. Yeah, don't want to deal with that. Don't trust me. But I had to learn, and I was just like, Lord, why? Why you didn't just tell me that I ain't supposed to say this or I ain't supposed to do that at this time? And he was like, You have to learn. I had to teach you the hard way, so you will know that definitely next time you don't do this. Just wait on my. I'll give you something. Just wait on my command. And that leads me to what is your posture? What is your posture? How, are you even in the posture to hear from him to know when the clear instruction is to go forth? Because we can ha- we can have so much in our ears, so much in our sight, and so much in our heart that we miss when he says go. And those missed moments are detrimental because it's like this is our lives are ministry. Yeah. It's not it's not oh I got this little ministry and then I do this. Oh yeah I got this but you know I got that little ministry on the side. No mi- ministry is life. How you live this life is ministry. And so our posture, like I told y'all, it has to be yes, Lord, at all times. And we have, like y'all said, be submitted. And it's like, that's the way that we were going to know how to, when to help the speck in our fellow brother and tie. Because we're posture enough to know, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you, Lord. I hear you. Okay. I'm going to wait for this next step unless you tell me to go for it now. I'm real big on posture, y'all. I'm real big on posture because that's what saved my life is posture. When I'm going through posture, when I was going through rage and anger, my posture saved me from doing something that I might have regretted. It's like, Lord, I can't do this. I'm going to crash out. But instead of me just going to crash out, okay, you know what? I'm going to worship today. 
Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're, you're mighty. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're good. You you are the Alpha and the Omega, the King of King, the Lord, the Lord, Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah, Jireh. All of that, you know, ex- exhorting him. Because that's what's keeping me from going out and doing, knowing I'm not supposed to do that. And James 4 and 6 says, and he gives grace generously. And the scripture says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So it's like even, you know, we were talking about being prideful, like God opposes prideful people. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if you you need his help and you need his grace, it say he give grace to the humble. It didn't say he gives grace to the proud. So it's like even out there, like when you were saying like earlier, when you was talking about how you go up, man, you know somebody mess you up, you gonna tear up the town, you know, and all of that. But then you like you think God is backing you, and he's not backing that type of behavior. God doesn't yes. back. He doesn't support pride. God supports humility. And uh, even when you mentioned like when you start praising him in those moments, like. Anytime that you praise God, like, it brings a sense of peace and calmness over you. Like, if you ever, if if, it's for those people that are struggling with pride, or you ever want to know, like, how to put God back in his rightful place, start praising him. And and, and the Bible also says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So that's also putting it back into perspective that God is God and we are below him. We are his children. We are to submit to him. He is the one we're supposed to be worshiping and moving and speaking through, not ourselves. So praise definitely helps with that. And so with what you were saying, Brittany, um, beautiful thing. I keep saying beautiful. Y'all forgive me. <laughs> so yes, with you, the posture, your posture has to be of obedience. It has to be of submission. And that comes with knowing that your submission is not weakness. You being submitted to God is, is not a bad thing. It's not a, it's not a, oh, you're submitted because you're weak and you're, you're not this and you're not that. No, it's a submission because when you're weak in him, in Christ, you're strong. And listen, let me, can I, can I add to that real quick? Can I add to that? He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Who was talking about the thorn on their side? Paul. Okay. Paul. Yeah. Like you said, you can never be weak with God because he's your firm foundation so if he's your firm foundation and he says my strength that's in you come on now it's his and they try to make submission like seem like it's such a um a daunting thing or such a lowly thing but that is pride Didi. that is pride because you I, I think of it in terms of um i know the question's been out there for a minute women submitting to man right and it's usually seen as a bad thing because the woman is at home cooking and cleaning and the man is out able to live his life and she's being controlled by him but that's that's a perverted worldly view of what true submission is because the way that's supposed to go is you're supposed to be provided for when you're submitted to someone um you're supposed to they're supposed to follow through to be able to show you that they can handle you and they can hold you and they can lead you effectively so that when you submit you don't have to worry about anything and that's the great part about God when you submit to him he'll show you exactly why I had you to submit and he'll follow through and you'll be taken care of you don't have to worry if anything's going wrong and if you do have that worry that idea he tells you you can lay all your worries on me cast all your cares on me that's what he said in first peter that's what he said that leads me to don't don't get yourself bound by titles the only title that is going to stay to its standard and stay true and faithful is God's title 
which why he gives us so many titles he gives us so many names in his word that he is see listen like i said if i call you my best friend if i call you my brother if i call you my sister i call you you know cousin or whatever it will hold me bound because I would get so attached to the title and what I would have set expectations of what you should be and how you should move and what you should do. But how dare I bound somebody to those titles? How dare I? That's giving them a stronghold. And if I'm of Christ, why would I give strongholds out like that? I think also it's also dependent on what God says about what a friend. I, I, I understand about the titles, especially when it comes to um, like leadership roles and positions mm-hmm. and even I having leadership roles like that that once again that pride mm-hmm. y'all and pride is sneaky it can creep in so even I, I do understand with you saying like you don't want to get caught up in titles because of the expectations or the definitions or the um what is it the standard I guess that some people associate with titles that can kind of get in the way of what the person was placed in that position to do now when that's why it's so important to base your beliefs off of what the word says because even though the bible does use um titles like friend like brother like sister it also uses terms like grace like forgiveness like humility right so it's like also that helps keep the pressure off of holding people bound by uh what we think a best friend need to do or you need to call me every day by five o'clock and if not then you not a good friend. you know type stuff like that because especially with culture like culture has its own its own little definition yeah about it. yeah and it's like <laughs> is the culture even based off of what god says you know not, not getting caught up in the titles is very important and also what we expect those titles or the people in those roles to do for us it's more of it's more of basing the way we think about it off of God's word. And two, all of this, for me, all of this is just pointing back to submission. Are you in a place of submission? Because when you give these people these titles and these things, first of all, the first question is, before you gave them this title, did you confirm it with God? Are they worthy to yes. be called your friend? Are they supposed to be your friend? Are they supposed to be your boyfriend? And if you had checked in with God, he would have already told you, well, no. And if he said yes, you can rest assured that even if that person does turn out to, in some way, shape, or form, betray you, that is going to work in your favor because it's going to teach you a lesson. Listen. It's just going to help you later on at some point in your life, whatever. I was just listening to a sermon, and this man told us that punishment isn't always punishment. It's preparation at some times. What may seem like a punishment is actually you being prepared. So while you may have given this person this title, did you idolize the title more than you thought about the person? Get on my business, Morgan. Look, get on my business. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak through me. In those moments, you have to realize this is just, it's just a title. You can't, you can't define them by a title, especially a title that they never deserved in the first place. Listen. Especially a title that they never deserve. It's so funny, but at the basis of everything is your relationship with God. What did he say? Going back to what he said, the principles he's already given, the messages he already has for you, what did he say? And did you check in with him? But that comes in your submission and knowing that this isn't my life. Even though I have this life, it's not my life. I gave it to him. Now I have to check in with him at every step of the way. I have to depend on him every step of the way because I can't see the end result. I can't see the end goal at some times. And and that's that's not because of my lack, but because he wouldn't allow me to. Because if I had that information, I'd be trying to, if I knew that the end goal was a cake, 
and I just have all these different ingredients and they popping up at different times, I would try to bake that cake. Not knowing, oh, you don't have all the ingredients because it's not just the cake, it's a 7-Up cake and you don't have no 7-Up. Now you're trying to bake a cake and, and when it comes out, it's all watery and, and, and it ain't right on the inside because it wasn't made in the proper fashion. It wasn't made in the order it was supposed to be made. But if you don't know God, if you aren't consistently checking in with him, if you aren't knowing what he already said, his word, you won't know that. And you're living blind. And then a lot of people will try to take that cake and present it like, okay, well, this is from the Lord. This is God's cake. But it's like, nah, because God don't do sloppy work. Listen. Like, God calls, God has a certain standard for what he puts his hand on. So especially, oh my gosh, especially for, pe for people with prophetic gifts, it is so important to yield to the Holy Spirit. It is so important to wait on the Lord, especially because it's like when God reveals things to the prophets, right? He will show things, especially foretelling. There's even um, the gift of of knowledge right like sometimes God will just give you an, a piece of information it does not mean that oh okay God show me this let me just walk up here did God tell you to walk up there and did God tell you to go and say did he tell you to go and do like um that that's like when people move out of the order of the Lord that's them you know saying okay well you know I got I got my sugar got my flour got got everything well this I must be able to build this cake no listen it also shows who's leading you man because if you're just going out and just doing it without the proper instruction, because you believe, not that you know, not that you have confirmation, but you believe that it should go forth, you're leading yourself. Yeah. And so you're just lying to everybody in yourself saying that God is leading you when he's really not. Because if he, you were truly letting him lead you, you wouldn't go out on a limb like that. Right. So it also exposes something in you. Who do you truly worship? Who do you truly idolize? Yeah. You can idolize yourself yeah. and make yourself your God and thinking you're operating in the prophetic for God. Mm -hmm. See, prophecy, you there's the prophetic office and there's a gift of prophecy. And sometimes people confuse themselves with having the, the gift of prophecy and thinking, oh, I'm working in the prophetic mm -hmm. office. But no. you're not working in the office, you just have the gift. And gift comes without repentance. Mm -hmm. So you could be operating yourself and still have a gift of prophecy, mm -hmm. but not be moving in the will of God. Right. So we have to be very, very strategic and careful about that because we can easily make ourselves our God. That's why we have to renew, what you say earlier? We have to renew our mind daily. That's in the word, renew your mind daily. That means every single day you have to renew your mind. And he didn't say renew your heart. He said renew your mind daily because it starts in the mind and then trickles down to your heart. So that leads me to Genesis 50 verse 20 and it reads in the AMP version, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome that many people would be kept alive as they are this day. What scripture does that remind y'all of? I'm going to give y'all a second. I'm going to give y'all a second to think and I'm, I'm going to say it. Amen. So the scripture that came to mind for me is actually um, a favorite of mine, and it was actually um, on my phone screensaver for the longest, right, with a bunch of manifestations that I was believing God for, um, things that I was declaring for my future. And in the Amplified version, this is Second Second Corinthians um, chapter four, verse seventeen, and it reads: "For our momentary light distress, this passing trouble is producing for us an eternal weight of glory." 
of fullness beyond all measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor, and an endless blessedness. Because it, when it speaks to our momentary affliction, it calls it this passing trouble. So in that is knowing that everything that we're going through, it's, it's not the end all be all. It's not the end of the world. There, um, we can actually take solitude in knowing that there are Christians all around the world going through the same things that we go through. Um, to know that it's not, this one trial is not your end. And, but to know that while it is a trial, you have to remember that if you're God's, he allowed this. While he doesn't do the tempting and the testing himself, he said that, that that's of the devil. That's what the devil does. He doesn't tempt us with anything but God will allow it the same way he allowed it for Job because of what it was going to produce for him, a yes. fullness. Um, and then with that fullness, it's not a temporary fullness, but you see that it, that it called the trouble a passing trouble, but it called it an endless blessedness, endless, limitless, which means there's no ending to it. So when you go through this, what you're going through, what you're receiving is lasting and it's gonna take care of any pain that you've ever felt. That's the beautifulness of God. I don't know, I keep saying that word, but that's that's the beautiful part about God and knowing that he knows exactly what to give us to satisfy us. And to know that whatever we are losing, what we're going to gain in comparison is beyond measure. Right. And you know, the scripture I thought she was going to say was going to be Romans 8, 28. And what does Romans 8, 28 say? And we know that all things, not one thing, not two things, but and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I suggest y'all go watch this sermon by Bishop Brandon Jacobs of New Zion Temple, We Are Not the Same. He talks about how being betrayed, how being afflicted works for your good. All the time we, we be thinking like, Lord, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why, why, why? We would just be crying, why? But we don't see the glory afterwards because we're in that present moment. But there's always glory after being afflicted because it's, you know, Sometimes I think about certain things that I went through, and I'm like, Lord, I'm glad I went through that, Lord. I'm so glad that you chose me to go through that because I get to experience your glory afterwards. And that comes with a sense of maturity. Yes. Because if you're immature in Christ, you're not going to see the glory in anything. And I'm not saying I'm all mature and all mighty, mighty, but I am maturing. Yes. It's a process. Right. And so to, to see his glory after the storm, it's like seeing a rainbow after the rain. It's amazing and it's beautiful to see. So that's why we have to keep and hide in our hearts those type of scriptures so it can keep us afloat when storms come our way, when stripes feel like they're on our back. But they can never be on our back because he was on the cross getting those stripes to bear for us yeah. to bear those sins to bear those burdens that's why he said give me your burden and you take up on mine yeah. because my yoke is light yes yes and think about it like jesus before he came he was an heir already to god's mm -hmm. throne like he was an heir and so for him to come and bear our burdens which is to take on our punishment for sin and take on you know the the cruelty and the 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 betrayal and the the beatings and even before even before he got to calvary jesus endured so many different things like they even and it's like even even down to his location did it ever say that jesus had a house or it's like when he traveled he went 
places. Like he, he was sleeping on people's furniture. He was sleeping on their couches, but he, he was on a mission. It's like Jesus been where you are. You know, he was in the wilderness for 40 days. And I know it may seem like I'm going on a tangent, but, but bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. Like, or even for people who may feel betrayed by family or in Jesus had to say, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Like he had to keep that reminder that he is the son of God and that God is his father, you know, and, and, and that even goes back to the titles and everything, or even going back to Calvary, like just the things that we deal with Jesus Barrett he already went through all of that from any perspective you could ever think of God took care of that you know and what I love about what you just said Didi is that he chose that he had a he had a decision and he chose he chose that although he prayed against it since it was still in the will of God he had to abide by that he had to be obedient and in his obedience we now have the glory of what we have which is his helper which is his promise which is the good news yeah. right so he chose that and, and you walking around saying you love God, what do you what did you choose to do for him? What are you choosing to give up? What are you choosing to give up? If you believe him and you believe what he said, you believe his promise and you believe that what he said in his word will come to pass the promises that he has for his believers. If you believe that it will come to pass, your submission is your only act of that. Your submission is your only, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's a testament of your faith. Yes. Brittany, you said earlier that our lives are ministry, right? Because yes. the loudest testimony you can have is the way that you live. It's crazy that you just mentioned that because James 3 and 13 says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Like you just said that that's the evidence by how we live. Like, and it says doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So if you want to know where humility comes from, it comes from wisdom, which is a fruit mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, which was given to us by Jesus, which is <laughs> our Savior and the Son of God, which is a display of God's love for us. It's like we have everything we need. Like God took care of all of that. There, it is possible to be humble. It is possible to be gracious. It is possible to allow God to just be God. He took care of it all. Like sometimes even me, like I find myself battling with handing things over or just allowing God to be God but it's like why why when he already took care of everything yeah he didn't leave no string untied like he didn't leave no loose ends he took care of it all that also goes back to Morgan you just mentioned trust that's also a big part of submission that's also a big part of being humble you have to trust and I'm being honest, like I'm still learning. I'm saying I'm not saying that I don't trust God. Of course I trust God. But it's like we we still human. We have yes, our moments. Yes. Especially in those hard times where we like, mm, you know, I'm not too familiar with this. I don't know what's gonna happen, Lord. Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work on me. You're gonna have to help me with this. You're gonna have to help me to trust you in this, you know? Yeah. That's something I guess for me personally to keep in mind. Like God already took care of everything, so there's no reason to worry. Like And you know one thing that I saw earlier on Instagram so crazy this lady was talking about how our relationships with our parents or anybody around us especially our fathers let me let me just touch on the father in fact our relationship with our fathers can really determine our relationship with God and how we respond to God because not only did he call himself the master the Jehovah the El Shaddai he calls himself our father and how we respond to our father in the natural shows how we might respond to our father in the spiritual and so sometimes that relationship needs to be healed. You know, even if, you know, your father is not present or went on, sometimes that, that healing needs to go forth in order to really cultivate the relationship with your, your spiritual father, which is God. And it's hard. 
I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's real hard. It's hard for me to trust because I don't really understand the covering in the father perspective. My and so because I don't really understand a covering, you know, not blaming my daddy for not knowing how to really cover because he didn't really have an example himself. You know, that's 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 the beauty of grace. But it affects my relationship with my, my heavenly father because it's like, can I really trust you to cover me? Even though you, you done saved me from sickness, you done, you done healed me from emotional trauma, can I really trust you to, to really cover me? Because you might leave me tomorrow and you might not come back for a year. Or you, or you might call me, and then three months later, you might not call me anymore. Can I really, really trust you, Lord? And I know what you said in your word, and I, and I believe everything that you said in your word. But it's just this little conscience in me that has been sprouting for years that the enemy put in. That I, I really don't know how to let you uproot that. Because I don't trust you enough to even uproot that. Because it's my covering now. And I think for some people... Um, and a lot of us as Christians, we we think we have a trust in God or trust in God, but our trust is more so conditional than it is real trust. Yes. Because it's like, I trust you, but I need to see that I, that I can trust you. Or I know me sometimes, I'll be like, well, God, you know, I want your, I, I trust you on this, but I need a sign. I'm, I'm big on, give, God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. I need a sign. I need, I, I need something to tell me that this is going to go the way that you already told me yes, that yes. it's going to go. But that's wrong of us. We're supposed to be able to trust that what he said will come to pass, not just because he said it, but because he is God and he is not a God that he should lie. And he tells us in his word, he says in Matthew 7, verse 9, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So that's about, and, and it comes again with you knowing his word and knowing what he said and knowing the character of God. Of course, if you think in the terms of people and you think in the terms of your parent, of course, you feel like I won't ever be able to trust anyone because those closest to me did me so wrong. Yes. But that comes with you knowing the character of God and knowing that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is not a God that he should like. And he He could never, he could never be like the people that are in our lives right now and that, that may hurt us and that may do those things. But that comes in you knowing his character. Another scripture that he said when he speaks on this topic, he talks about hope. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. And that's Proverbs 13 and 12. He already knows. He knows that when it doesn't go the way you expect it to go or the way that you want it to go, that you'll feel hurt by that. He already knows. He was there with you when it happened. But in your trusting, in your complete trust and submission like God, even though this, it, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to look, but I still trust you. It don't feel the way it's supposed to feel or the way I want it to feel, but I still trust you. That I'm feeling this way for a reason. That I'm feeling this way because you're doing something that I can't see right now, but I trust that it's going to work out for my good. You have to check your trust. Yeah. Do you have real trust or do you have conditional trust? How can you trust God? You you woke up this morning and you got in your car. Did you pray before you got in your car? God, please don't let me get in no car accident. No. You trusted that he would take you and guide you and be with you on your way to whatever destination you were going to. You trusted him on that. You trust him to wake you up in the morning. Sometimes, and, and God forgive me, sometimes I'll just start eating and forget to pray. But but when I do stop and pray, I trust that God's still going to cover my food, that he's still going to cover my meal because I am his child. There are a lot of things that we go through day by day that are dangerous, that, 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 are, that are so many dangers tied to it, just walking, being, breathing, even in the places that we are. 
with even with some of the shootings we've seen in America, that was not too long ago. There was a shooting on a school campus. Yeah. I walk around my school campus. I'm not praying the entire time. Listen. God keep me safe. God make sure that no harm or danger comes my way. Nor am I attentive. Listen. But I still trust that God is gonna keep me. It's hard for you to trust that God will be able to fulfill that for you. And, and sometimes it comes with like um, the scripture said, you wanting one thing and you thinking that God is just gonna take it out your mouth and say, well, no, baby, you can't have that. I actually have this for you. He don't always do that. He doesn't always do that. He's a father that knows his children. So you don't think that he can't factor in what you want and still get his mission accomplished, his goal accomplished, whatever's in his will accomplished. You don't think he can still do that? That's the power of God. Can't nobody do that. Can't nobody, my grandma used to say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. And I'm finally starting to understand that because when God's fingerprints are on a situation, and, and I'm learning this even in my own life, when God's fingerprints or when God is just a part and working in the, the orchestrator behind a situation, it will be the same situation, but it'll work for your good, not only for now, but for the future, for your children, for your family, for those around you. That's the complexity of God, to be able to dish everybody what they need off of one situation or one thing that all called for your obedience. So you never know what your obedience is for or who it is for and how God can move through you if you just say yes. If you're submitted, yeah. Brittany has been talking to us about that for the past week, about saying yes to God. Because the things that you go through, they're never just for you. Okay, Morgan, what's crazy is that while you were talking, I was looking for a scripture that I was reading yesterday, which is Numbers 23. I want y'all to read that chapter when y'all get some time. So starting at verse 19, you read it out of Matthew 7, but it's also here in Numbers 23, starting at verse 19. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. It was crazy is when you were talking like um you know how we sometimes associate like like how she said our our relationship with father god with our earthly fathers but it's like god is not like that and it's like as humans we learn by experience we we know by what we learn right so if you associate life through the lens of what you learn from people and you never learn the word of god then of course you're going to think about god from what you know because you're basing him off of what you've already experienced. But that's why we gotta read. You yeah. mentioned that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So faith is trust. And if you need trust, you gotta read. And I and that's one thing, y'all. I need to get in my word more often. Listen. And it's like when you read stuff like this, Morgan, you were like God was just flowing through you, but you were literally saying this whole scripture in Numbers 23. Like, it's crazy. Has he has he ever promised and not carried it through? And he always carries his promises through. Yeah. This is the character of the Lord. And that's why it's important to meditate on the word yeah. so that I will know this, like yeah. for facts and not for, well, this is what I heard. Or, well, I know this is the way I'm supposed to think. But no, yeah. read it for yourself. Yeah. And that will help you when people disappoint you. Mm -hmm. Because we're human. Mm -hmm. We're going to disappoint each other because mm -hmm. we have all these expectations. Because, I mean, look at the God that we serve. Mm -hmm. 
He sets the bar high. Because you may have a heart for the people. You have to learn how to be disappointed. And that's where grace comes in. That's where that love comes in. That's where that, that patience comes in. All those fruits come in when the disappointment comes. But because, like you said, we're not in our word enough, we don't know enough, it starts to overtake us. And that's when the betrayal starts to set in. The only time really you're betrayed is because you're disappointed. And so it, it's hard to really accept that. Cause it's like, how dare you? Cause my father in heaven is faithful. How dare you not be faithful? Not knowing you're just as flawed as them. Right. You don't know who you betrayed because you let down and disappointed. You can never base creation or, or or compare creation to the creator. That's when you have to recognize the sovereignty and the awesome power um, and authority that is God. Yeah. That God, not only does he have, but that is God. Because we are made in his image, not the other way around. So that being said, it all goes back to who do you have your faith in? Who do you have your trust in? When those people disappoint you, it's like, well, you know, well, they disappointed me, but I, I know God's gonna follow through. That's the attitude you should be able to have. But you can't have that attitude if your trust isn't in God. And the only way to get trust in God is to know what he said and to know his character. And you know, sometimes with the disappointment and the betrayal that, that went forth, God will separate you. Or it doesn't even have to be betrayal but just strictly disappointment. And he will separate you. And you could love those people to death. Did everything in the world with them folks. And then, boom, separation happens. And it's like, Lord, how do I, how do I deal with that? It's like, it's like grieving a person who's not dead. You gotta see them. Like, Lord, how, how do you even go about it? Because how do I move forward with something that you ordained? If this is of you, then how how am I supposed to go? Like, you know, what am I supposed to do? And that comes with reading his word. Reading his word. There's a situation for everything in the Bible. There's always a situation in the Bible that compares to something that happens in your life. Like in Acts, when Paul and Barnabas had to separate because they came to a disagreement. Well, both of them were disappointed in each other. And they had to separate. And that had to hurt. And a part that I think we miss or that we often experience, but we don't, we don't know how to deal with it, right, is in those times um, when you're betrayed, right, or when somebody doesn't shape up to be who you thought they were going to be or something didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go, you're going to experience emotion. But the good thing is you can have emotional disruption and still have faith yeah. and still have trust in God. Trust yeah. is not reflected by your emotions as a Christian, as a human first, as a human first of all. You're going to have emotions. That's sadness, that's happiness, that's w whatever those emotions may be, anger. Those are emotions, but emotions Listen. are not your faith. Emotions are not your trust. Trusting God, and I have this in a note, um, I actually was watching a sermon by Pastor YPJ on YouTube, and he said, trusting God means I keep moving forward no matter what I feel. Mm -hmm. Trust isn't authentic when you regress or go backwards. You can have faith and still experience emotional disruption. Jesus had emotion how many times in this, in this Bible? He got angry in the temple. He got sad when Lazarus died. And then he experienced emotion in the Garden of Gethsemane. So if our Lord and Savior can experience emotion, but you see one thing that he kept doing, he kept going forth in God. So if our Lord and Savior can have emotion and feel, and he felt it through, but he still had 
a purpose and a mission to serve and a mission to complete. And it's very hard because we like, once we get into emotions, we like, ah, uh, yep, everything's got to, uh, uh, we're going to have to cut everything out. Everything going to have to shut down. Life is going to have to stop real quick because I need to get together. But our Lord and Savior didn't even stop his mission. He, he got himself together, wiped in tears, calmed down. Okay, let's go for it. And that's something that we can really take away from the practice and, you know, the mission of Jesus and, you know, the walk with Jesus is to keep going despite the way you feel. It's like every day we kind of want to quit this walk because it seems too hard or it's too much or it requires. He's requiring too much out of me. But as his chosen, as his called, much is required. But he loves us enough to die on the cross. He loves us enough to stay consistent. He loves us enough to be faithful. So can we not just keep walking? He ain't asking us to be perfect. He just asking us to get up. Right. And to make it, make the choice daily. Yeah. That's all he's asking. He know you're going to slip up. You know, he's, what they said, the good man falls seven times. The righteous man falls seven times. <laughs> but the righteous man falls seven times. So he knows, he even put, he put in his word because he knows. But all he's asking is to get back up. When you fall, the only way you can fall seven times is if you get back up. That's the mm -hmm. only time. Mm -hmm. If you're still laying there from the last fall, you got to get back up. So when somebody betrays you and it hurts and you, you feel like they're playing you, you feel like you're a punk because you can't, you can't quote unquote do anything. But I have a father in heaven who fights my battles. And it says that vengeance is his. Vengeance is his. He'll fight my battles. And he also says, when somebody curses you, if you respond with blessing them, because you know that your Father in Heaven has your back, if you respond with blessing them instead of cursing them, you reap a, um, I think it was a heap of burning coals on top of their head. That's what he said in his word. But with Jesus, he was the word. That's how he was able to stand on his firm foundation. He heard the word of God. He heard what God said. He was there when God spoke. He already knows what God can do. Yes. Or God, what, what God, not even what he can do, but what he said he was going to do. That's why learning to love them better would change the whole trajectory of everything. When people curse you, you have to love them better. Love them harder. And it's like, love them harder. I'm not going to love nobody harder. After you just done did this and that and that the fourth to me, I'm not going to love you harder. But you have to learn to love them better because he calls us to love. Yeah, and love casts out all fear. But it also says that love covers a multitude of sins. So when God tells us to love our enemy, it's not weak to do that because love is powerful. Mm -hmm. So if God is telling you, to love your enemies and pray for them like that. That is an act of humility. That's an act of trusting God and knowing. And then, and then the Bible says that God is love. Yes. So it's like if you are speaking love, if you are speaking God to them, over them, then you are bringing about healing. And it's first, it's first John 4 and 18. So it says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And this is in 1 John 4, which concerns loving one another. And it starts at verse 7, all the way down to the end of the chapter. You mentioned love, and love is actually, like, very powerful. It's the key to a lot of things. So, with betrayal comes the pride. But what do you do to combat that pride? I honestly feel like we just done gave y'all all the tools. We done gave y'all all the juice that they be putting in these books that they want y'all to buy and stuff. But we gave it to you, the free 99. And more of the story is, 
to love him harder, to love him with the, the love of Jesus, to combat it with the word. That's how you combat that pride when betrayal comes to your life. Because betrayal will come to your life. But we're coming to a close. I enjoyed y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for pouring out on this episode, man. And I pray whoever listens to this podcast, whoever listens to this episode, gets what they need in Jesus' name. You know, I always leave y'all off with a scripture. And so, because sometimes we be filled with so much rage, and I know firsthand how it is to be filled with so much rage, I'm going to give y'all a scripture of peace that helped me. Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So keep that on your heart. Hide it in your heart. Hide it in your mind. But nevertheless, thank you for tuning in to God's work with me with Brittany Bawachi. And if nobody told you today, I love you.